It's about as good as the first 25 minutes of church get, huh? Man. Yes. Our older kids, uh, elementary school kids, are staying with us in the service. Parents, if you have younger kids who still need to go back to class, you can take them. While that happens, if we could shuffle and make some space, there are some, some folks still looking for seats. Or maybe just like put a hand up and let an usher know that there's room by you. If you've got a Bible, open it up to Philippians chapter 2, and we'll let some of the commotion die down, and then, then we'll continue on together. As we, as we jump in to the, the rest of what we're going to do this morning, I, I feel compelled to say two things really quickly. Um, the first one is that on these Sundays where we do baby dedications and baptisms, there's usually quite a bit of commotion in here. Kids get restless. Um, it's kind of loud. It's a little bit chaotic. The parking lot was maybe crowded. A family member of somebody that got baptized might be sitting in your normal spot, and you walked in and said... Who is that human? Um, I just, I feel compelled this morning uh, for us all to just sort of remind ourselves, man, what a joy it is to have those problems on a Sunday morning. Like, loud, loud children is a, a joy to the Lord, like, that we would be blessed in that way. Nine baptisms on a Sunday morning where we're trying to figure out how is the parking lot not going to be chaos and we need to get extra chairs in here and those kinds of things. Um, it, is by, it is to the Lord's glory and by his grace that he would choose to move in this congregation in those ways um, and that we could just figure out how to navigate the logistical challenges of that. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so that is, that is a joy. The other thing I want to say is... Um, Specifically to parents, uh, what a joy it is. I, every Sunday we do, God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, every Sunday that we do baptisms, and as someone without kids, I get to watch parents baptize children as their brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, man, what an overwhelmingly incredible opportunity that that is. And God has given you stewardship over those children for a season. Um, and they will always be your kids. But if, if you end up in the position where you get to baptize your child, and then walk out the rest of life as brother or sister in Christ with that child. What an unspeakable blessing that that is. And parents, there might be some, you've got kids, and that, 
has not happened in their life yet, keep banging down the door of heaven on their behalf. Because what an incredible picture as our last baptism that from neighbor to friend to sister in Christ. And parents, if you've got adult children who have not accepted the Lord yet, they're gonna have neighbors one day who could become friends, who could become brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, to get as a church to celebrate the full spectrum of that from baby dedications through baptisms. Uh, like I, we, I could say nothing the rest of this service and that could be an incredible morning and a testament to the grace of the Lord and the glory of the gospel. Yeah? Yeah, what a, what a special and incredible morning. Um, you've got a little booklet in front of you. It's got testimonies of everybody being baptized. We did nine in this service. We're gonna do more in next service. Um, I encourage you to just read through those. It's, it's a joy to get to hear the work of the Lord in, in different people's lives and how his grace has saved them. And so we encourage you to check those out. Um, if you have not been baptized and that's something you wanna do, there'll be another fifth Sunday coming up soon and we'll do this again and we would love for that to include you. So reach out to our staff and let us know. Cool? Cool, all right. If you've got Philippians chapter two open there in front of you, on these Celebration Sundays, what we like to do is just kind of highlight the work of the Lord in our midst. And we've done that over the last couple of years uh, through by like highlighting various ministries, so specifically children's ministry or student ministry or missions or whatever the case might be. This morning, we want to do something a little bit unique, kind of zoom all the way out and celebrate the work of the Lord through his people and their service to him and in the life of this church. And so that's gonna be kind of like across ministries. We're gonna talk about uh, and, and see people who are involved in all sorts of different things here. But our hope is this. On these Celebration Sundays, what we always want to do is we wanna underscore kind of who we are and like what our church is. Um, we're building devoted followers of Jesus Christ. If you're around for very long, you'll, you'll hear us say that. But over and above the promotion of like our mission statement or our vision or whatever the case might be. Uh, we, wa we want this place to be about the proclamation of Jesus. And so it is not building devoted followers of Liberty Christian Fellowship. It is not, we're trying to have people that are like brand loyal or whatever the case might be. We want this place to be all about the beauty of the gospel and the glory of God. And so we've, we've brought to the front kind of five aspects of what we believe are just normal Jesus following. Five characteristics that we think ought to define everyone who's been saved by God's grace through Jesus Christ. And that they're represented in the little symbols there that we're gospel-centered. We're saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus, he becomes the center of everything that we do. He's at the front, he's in the middle, he's at the back. It's all about Jesus and the gospel. We're humbly unified. That's the little orangish, reddish symbol there. We want to walk in gospel unity with one another as a local congregation, but even beyond these walls, we want to walk in and enjoy the unity of the gospel with the capital C Church. We're mission-driven, that's the yellow icon up there. 
We want the gospel to be proclaimed in all that we do, in all that we say. Uh, like Nathan said as we were getting ready to do the baby dedications. Like we want God to be at the forefront of everything. And we want that to be proclaimed in everything that we do from the front door of this church to the very ends of the earth. We're pursuing holiness. That's the purple icon. The gospel compels us to live lives of obedience. We're not saved because of what we do, but because we are saved, followers of Jesus live lives that look a particular way. And we want to be growing in that all the time. And then last, the blue icon, we're disciple making. We want to see the gospel take root in the people around us. We long to take what God is working in us and impart it into others. And in all of that, the point is not that LCF looks really cool. The point is that the gospel looks beautiful and Jesus looks glorious. And so if you've got Philippians open in front of you, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. That's going to kind of be like our center kind of anchoring point this morning. But then we're going to zoom out and work with what comes on both sides of that passage. It says this if you've got it open in front of you. Philippians 2, verse 1. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Let's pray. God, we praise you for this morning and uh, what we've gotten to witness and take part of, part in here in the first part of this service. Uh, God, for each and every one of the lives of those little children, we praise you. For each and every individual making a public declaration of their faith in Christ and your grace that has saved them. God, we praise you. God, I pray that your spirit present here among us would continue to magnify Jesus in our time together. Would you continue to compel us toward lives that make apparent the gospel that has saved us? We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I'm the one that's normally up here on most Sundays uh, but I don't think I'm saying anything like revolutionary or groundbreaking when I say that I am not the one that really makes things go around here. Uh, I just say a lot of words on Sunday mornings. We could kind of zoom out from there, and it's not really the 18 people on our staff that, that make things go around here. They're fantastic. It's a wonderful collection of people. But if you just took those 18 individuals, that's not even a complete picture of all that Jesus is in his hands and feet. That's not a complete picture of all the gifts at work within the body of Christ. No, what makes things go around here is a large collection of people with a wide variety of gifts and passions that give of themselves in and through this place to the glory of God. And so over the course of this morning, uh, what we want to do is invite a handful of those individuals to kind of help with the celebrating this morning. And so first things first, I want to just introduce them to you. I'm an usher at Second Service, and I serve every other month. Um, I serve in True Seekers, which is a discipleship ministry for third through fifth graders that meets on Tuesday nights. I usher, and I unlock the church, and I lock the church, and I... 
fill up the baptism and I, whatever they need me for. I serve in a couple different ways here at LCF, but this, specifically this summer I was able to serve as rec staff for VBS. I am in the nursery during first service. I serve by singing and playing piano on the worship team. When we had the large church cleanup, I specifically took care of the rock bed uh, along the back wall with our neighbors. We serve as small group leaders. It's my pleasure to be part of the LCF global team. I serve at LCF with the, the youth. I'm a D group leader for the senior guys. And then also I help out with the, the youth worship team, help um, lead them and, and coordinate the youth worship. Here's where we're going to land this morning. That followers of Jesus are contributors to and consumers within the life of the church. Now, if you're sort of like putting things together, you've maybe looked through the bulletin, you saw that there's a little handout in there, I wanna name some tension. You might be thinking to yourself, he's gonna ask me to do stuff today. <laughs> like the sales pitch is coming and it's not even very well hidden. I get that. And I want to put you at ease. I'm an awful salesperson. So if that were the task up here today, it would not go well. Our staff, our leadership team, the heartbeat of this church, we are far more interested in who we are and who you are as followers of Jesus than we are in the stuff that you could do for our church. We're far more interested in what the grace of God is building us into than we are with how you could help make things happen around here. And so I want that to be very, very clear right from the beginning. If we're gonna be people who claim that we're gospel-centered, and if we're gonna be people who make a big deal out of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, that means we have to be people who hold unswervingly to the fact that God's love for you is not contingent upon what you do for him. That's true in a salvific sense. We also have to let it be true in the way in which we lead and kind of shepherd what happens within the life of this church. If we're preaching, hey, it's salvation by grace through faith, and yet mostly what we're doing is trying to just get you to do stuff, subtly what that would underscore is, okay, well, I get that I'm like saved by faith, but I think I also have to do this much stuff at the church in order to be like a good Christian or something. You're saved not because of what you do for God. You're saved because he loves you. And our aim in being gospel-centered, God-glorifying followers of Jesus is to allow the whole of our lives to honor him while we live out our faith in this community and in the world. And so I wanna be really, really clear at the outset of this where Philippians 2, 1 to 4 is coming from. Because the things that jump out are don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Consider others better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests. Look out for the interests of others. Those come screaming off the page. But notice what Paul says before that. He's in prison writing this. Now, when you think of prison, don't think like American prison system. He's under a, a sort of form of house arrest. And he's writing a letter from Rome to this church in Philippi. And he says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, 
make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united in spirit and intent on one purpose. Then he gets to the do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. And he spent all of chapter one trying to lay out what that unity of purpose would be, what that unity of spirit would be, what that same love would be, what that same thought process would be. So back up into chapter one with me. This is Philippians one, starting in verse three. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you all are partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. That's the one purpose, the one spirit, the one love. We're unified in one way of thinking, and that way of thinking is all about the gospel. The partnership of that that's growing inside of this place, that knits this place together. Look, we don't want the thing that like, brings our church together to be that we just so happen to live in the same area of the world. We don't want the thing that brings us together to be that like the branding looks good on the website or on the slides. We don't want the thing to be knitting us together that the talking head on Sunday morning is particularly entertaining or fits your style. The thing that brings us together What knits us together in purpose and in spirit and in love and in thought is none of those other things and only the gospel. That's what makes this place special. Verse 20, my eager expectation and hope is uh, that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now as always with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body. Verse 21, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Now, if I live in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me. I do not know which one I should choose. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Uh, I long to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. It's all about the gospel. In fact, it's the passage after the one that we're kind of centering on this morning that most people are familiar with. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. Verse five, Philippians two, adopt the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus is our model in all of this, but he's not just the model. He's what compels it. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, 
and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what knits us together in purpose, in love, in thought. It isn't just that we as an organization want to be focused on the gospel. We're a church, duh. We should be focused on the gospel. But it's that we as individuals within a body of believers, we want to grow daily in our centeredness on Jesus. And as every individual is having that happen within them, we as a collective move in the same direction. And so Paul says, part of that is how we view ourselves. Part of that is how we act in the world, not out of selfish ambition, not in vain conceit, but with humility. We don't look out just for our own interests. We also look out for the interests of others. And I want to make a quick note there. I'm serious about both words in that statement. It'd be easy on a Sunday like this to come up here and say, you ought to be contributors. As if the ministries of the local church and the body of Christ don't also give to you. You're also receivers of that. You both give and receive. You both contribute and consume. That's one of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, that as we would give of ourselves, we would receive from others doing the same. And so I also want to be clear about one thing. There are seasons of life where being a contributor might feel impossible. You could be walking through very intense seasons of grief and you feel like the capacity to give anything out simply is not there. We recognize that. Parents, you might be like in the little child stage, and you've got multiple kids at a very young age, and it literally takes all your energy to just keep them alive. (laughs) We understand that. On the far other end of that spectrum, you might have parents who are aging, and you're giving a lot of yourself to the care of your parents as they come toward the end of their life. We understand that. Your giving of yourself doesn't always mean that you give of yourself to the ministries of your local church. Your giving of yourself in the image of Jesus can take a lot of different forms, often outside the walls of this place, and that's okay. But we are to be contributors within the context of the local church where we worship. I want you to listen to some of the way that those from our body talk about that dynamic. Why would someone contribute to a place like this? My love for God and my love for this church. So when we first were married, we joined a small group almost reluctantly, actually. I was newly married, didn't really know what we were doing. and But to see how... Um, those people led and poured into us and led us really inspired us to continue to do that uh, for other groups. Helping kids to, um, you know, know God better, read His Word, um, understand His Word better so they can know Him better and love Him better. You know, I think it's being able to greet people that I know coming into service as well as new members that are uh, attending our church. Uh, It's being able to seat um, somebody that comes in with physical needs or a handicap or maybe a, a couple that comes in with a, a you know, newborn baby, being able to f- find them seats within our congregation. I, I just enjoy that, getting to try new things with worship and getting to, to spend time with those kids and, and pour out love for their hearts. For me, it, it all started with the Second Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. We're familiar with verse 17 where 
the reconciliation through that we become a new creation. But in verse 20, we're also called to be an ambassador. That led to me just in the last four years, really uh, wanting to become more involved and take more ownership in my responsibility to share. Music has always been a really big part of my life, and it's awesome to be able to share that gift of mine, uh, to be able to lead worship with other people and share that with others. It's fun just to be helpful to the parents and have them get time with um, Jesus, and then I can spend time with their baby and have fun with them. Contributors and consumers within the life of the church. So Paul gets to the point. He says, here's what your unity and your, your sort of like common love and spirit and purpose are all about the gospel. And then he, but he does say, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Look out for the interests, not only of yourself, but of others. Well, what does that mean exactly? Let's continue on. Second, or Philippians chapter two, verse 12. After the run of Here's the beauty of who Jesus is. He says, therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Part of the doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit is the natural outflowing of working out your salvation. That just means what does it look like to live as a follower of Jesus in real time and in real space? We need to figure out what that looks like and then live that way. But then look at what comes next. For it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to his good purpose. It's not just that we like try really hard and give our best effort. No, God gets all the glory from like your very interest in giving of yourself in light of the gospel to the actual fruit that comes on the back end. He wills in you to do things. He's the one who works through you as you do those things in light of the gospel. It's all wrapped up in him. If you've been around here for a little while, you may remember uh, all of our talk about the kingdom of God when we worked through the gospel of Luke. We wanted to be really clear that we as followers of Jesus do not build the kingdom. God does. We do not advance the kingdom. God does. We are not going to be the ones who hasten the kingdom's consummation when Jesus returns again. God does that. That's why we open with the song that says, build your kingdom here, not we're building the kingdom here. We're praying that he would do that in and through this place as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling in humble submission to him. We submit to the kingdom. That's our role. He has chosen to work through his people to build his kingdom in the world that he has created that he might draw to himself a people from every tribe, nation, and tongue. God delights to use his people's humble submission as the means by which he works through them. Again, here are some of the people within the life of our congregation talking about the way they see Jesus building the kingdom through their ministry. Not them building the kingdom, what they see God doing in building that. To have members of this body decide to go, you know, to Western Asia and to start their own church, it's been amazing to see the growth that's, that's come out of that obedience. I think God is uh, recognizing that 
life is busy and crazy and you know helping people even amidst that craziness um, find the, the calm and in peace in a, in a sermon. You know, being a part of a worship team with so many talented musicians um, who truly love the Lord and want to share the worship with other people is just a really fantastic experience. Getting to see them grow and being able to find scriptures in the Bible and reading the Bible out loud themselves, digging deeper into what it's really saying about God um, has been really awesome to see. God is, is really working in their hearts, um, bringing new kids who are excited and passionate about worship and, and want to take it seriously. They, it's something they want to do um, in leading others, and it's fun to take that and, and put, it, put it into practice for them and help them shape a service with that. Yeah, it's been awesome. We've been small group leaders for, gosh, almost nine years now. And in that time, we have seen God work through our group um, we've seen many um, just trials that our group has gone through and our group has come together and I feel like has been the hands and feet of God just ministering to that person that's hurting in our small group but then also outside of our small group as well. It's just really cool to see how um, God has um, just used our group to supply the needs of others. As we are willing and humble and submissive, He builds. We're contributors. Sometimes we're on the receiving end of that work. Contributors and consumers. The last bit that I want to highlight and celebrate in all of this is the way that God works in us as we contribute to the life of the church. He's faithful to use the gifts and the talents of those within this body to pour into us as we pour out to others. That relationship is reciprocal. You contribute and you consume. You pour out and you are filled. It's one of the mysteries of God's kingdom that you could give and while you give, receive. Verses 17 and 18 in Philippians chapter two. Paul says, but even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering, on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. We're glad and we rejoice together as we give and as we receive because God is glorified and he advances his kingdom. And so we rejoice in the unity of spirit, purpose, and mind that we have here. We rejoice in what the gospel is doing through this place. We rejoice at what the gospel is doing in this place. We rejoice at what the gospel is doing through us as individuals. We rejoice at what the gospel is doing in us as individuals. And we all come together as a church family, and we're able to celebrate that. One last time from some others in our congregation, hear the joy of what God is doing in them. Just anytime I'm preparing a lesson, I am growing closer to God, right? I mean, opening His Word and, and digging in, I'm always learning more about Him. When you're leading worship, you're also worshiping yourself. So it's a really special opportunity to be able to feel the Lord move through you. Uh, and it's, it's not about the instruments or the piano or the music you're making. It's about experiencing the Lord and sharing that with other people and just really sharing that worship. You know, I see him speaking through, even though we're the leaders of the group, I see him speaking and working through the members of our group, and it's really about the fellowship that we have, and so it's, it's inspiring, it's motivating, there's accountability, but I see him just refining me and shaping me to be the man that he wants me to be. I can also see them as they grow up um, and see their growth. Just with me, it's been so special seeing some of like my teachers still have relationships with me whenever I was younger. That's how I want to grow. It brings me great joy and energy 
uh, as I serve the Lord, I don't get exhausted over it. Just throughout the years of, of leading a small group, I've been very humbled at what God has shown me, like, you can't do this by yourself. And he's really taught me, like, you have to use your gifts and then allow others in the group to let them use their gifts. I feel like God has humbled me and, and us and just helping us grow closer to him in those ways. The unique perspective you get sometimes when you serve is that it's not always just fun and happy-go-lucky moments, that it is hard sometimes. And those days for me were hot and sweaty and we were outside. That It was that reminder that sometimes when we serve, we're doing it because that's what Jesus called us to do. For me personally, um, God has given us opportunities that have been beyond what I could imagine. And you know, with the, the refugees that came here recently that have been here for uh, a little over a year, we've been able to develop relationships and uh, authentic relationships that are friendships that are leading to gospel conversations and being able to, to pray in Jesus' name with them. And it's, it's been amazing to see. It uh, just fills my heart up every week and I always look forward to Sunday. A confession. It is really easy in our kind of cultural church climate right now to think that the way that your church, like, quote unquote, does more is that you just load up on staff and you get the most talented, capable people on your staff and then they sort of like carry the church forward. It's also really easy as staff members on church to sort of delude ourselves into thinking that this place is so wonderful because our staff is so wonderful. They're fantastic. But this place is the sum total of every person that makes up the body of this church, not just the 18 that work on staff. The beauty is in all of the gifts, in all of us as individuals, coming together and putting together an increasingly complete picture of the fullness of who Jesus is. That's the beauty of the local church. In fact, there are so many ways that you can use your gifts and passions in and through this church as we build devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Like on Thursday evening, we got all of our volunteers together and we just kind of like hung out together. We worshiped together. We spent time encouraging one another. We just sort of hung out and talked. And we thought it would be fun for you to just get to hear a, a more broad sliver of all the different ways that the Lord uses his people in the life of his church for the sake of building his kingdom to his glory. And so here's kind of like the rapid fire faces of people who give of themselves in this place. I teach first graders in Kids Point. I am a leadership team member. I am a small group leader, check signer, and on the welcome team. I am a Kids Point sub. I'm a member of the worship team. I play acoustic guitar. I am a small group leader. I am an usher. I teach first graders in Kids Point. I'm a helper with first grade kids in Kids Point. I teach third through fifth graders in Kids Point. I am a small group leader. I'm an usher. I'm a D group leader. I'm a D group leader. I'm a D group leader. I'm a reader. I'm a small group leader. I'm a member of the teaching team. I am a D group leader. I'm a Kids Point sub. I do presentation for the media team. I'm a small group leader. I help teach first graders in Kids Point. I teach second graders in Kids Point. I help with two-year-olds in Kids Point. I'm a D group leader. I sing on the worship team. I'm a D group leader. I plan events with the Kingdom Connection team. I'm on the worship team. I help lead grief share. I'm a small group leader. I teach three-year-olds in Kids Point. 
I serve um, kindergarten, first, second grade, and Kids Point. I slap at the base on Sunday morning. I serve first graders at Kids Point. I help lead women's Bible study. I'm a member of the leadership team. I teach kids third through fifth grade in Kids Point. Can it be rocks? I'm a check signer. I'm a member of the teaching team. You too can slap at the base on Sunday morning. <laughs> if you're interested, Brian would love to talk to you. Um, kind of as we close, contributors and consumers. So yes, there is a little handout inside your bulletin. And listed on there are, are, is a pretty good summary of all the various ministries that take place here in the life of this church. And so if you're someone who maybe didn't know that we had Grief Share, or you didn't know that some of these various ministries existed, that you could use kind of like the refreshing gift of in your life, there's a good list. We would love for you to come and take part in those things and receive in those places. But it also does serve as a pretty comprehensive list of ways that you could be involved serving within the life of this church. The ones that are in red on that handout, those are places that we would identify currently within this season of ministry where we could use more volunteers. We could use some help in those places. There's a little QR code on there. You just take your cell phone camera, you focus it in on the QR code. It should give you a little yellow box that you tap and it will take you to a form you could fill out and that will go directly to the right staff person who would love to have a conversation with you in the next week or so in order to connect you in that area of service. This is a beautiful place. We want LCF to be about the proclamation of the gospel above the promotion of our church, but we also love this place a lot. And we love it because of you all, and we love it because of the way that all of your various gifts and passions and skills and uniquenesses come together, and the sum total of us presents a compelling picture of Jesus in the gospel to our community and to the ends of the earth. Amen? Amen. This, is, this has been a wonderful time together. We want to close it in song. And so if you will stand up and sing, uh, we'll end our service worshiping the God who makes all of this possible. Love you guys. Uh, we are grateful for you and the way you give yourselves to the work that the Lord is doing in and through this place. Uh, real quickly before you go, the back of your bulletin. Um, we're changing church database systems, yawn. And, um, but... We only, we only checked in the youngest kids this morning. Next week, we're going to be checking in all kids on that new system. And so for that to not be absolute chaos out there next Sunday when you come, um, there's instructions on the back of your bulletin for how to make sure that you're, you've got the right information in the new database system so that when we check your child in, we've got the right age and we can print them a sticker and all of that kind of stuff. So if you don't have kids... There will be other implications of this coming for you. So if you could take this and make sure your information is right, that would help us out a lot. What a fun way to end that service. Okay, cool. Um, we, we would love to meet you. Some of our pastoral staff will be out the back center doors there. If you're visiting or you're new, we'd love to just be able to meet you and talk with you a bit. We love you guys. Have a great Sunday.